Christ Covenant Chapel podcast with Reverend Kingsley Ayesu. We are a Bible-believing church with a sole purpose of positively impacting our generation. We are elated that you joined us. Wherever you're connecting from, we believe your life will not be the same. Now, let's tune in to today's life-changing message. Hello, friends. What a joy to be with you. Thanks for meeting here once again and allowing me into your space while we do life together. Again, I hope you're being blessed by the content we share on this platform. One of my favorite songs is I'm Pressing On, written by Johnson Oatman. It says, I am pressing on the upward way. New heights I'm gaining every day. Still praying as I onward bound. Lord, plant my feet on higher ground. Lord, lift me up and let me stand by faith on heaven's table land. A higher plane than I have found. Lord, plant my feet on higher ground. Today, I want us to look at the subject I am pressing on. Obviously, you know where I borrowed the title from. In life, we face many setbacks, challenges, and trials. But through it all, we have to make the determination that we will never give up on God's purpose for our lives. Life has a way of presenting us with many storms and trials that we must face regardless of who we are. We all have hurdles we must cross over to get to the other side where our destiny abides. In the face of trouble, it is hard to hold on to the promises of God, especially if all you can see and hear are the storms that are raging against you. The Apostle Paul can relate to life as we face it today. He writes to the church in Philippi as if he is writing today's headline news. He said in Philippians chapter 3 verse 12 through 14, Not that I have already attained or am already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press toward the goal for the price of the upward call of God in Jesus Christ. You see, the great apostle is calling us back to what really matters most in our lives as kingdom people. Our generation of Christians is weak. We do not have the perseverance and the tenacity to fight until we win. Because of this, we have an anemic church that is bereft of power and results. The Lord is calling us to a radical pursuit of God and our destinies. We must not retreat, hide, or be intimidated to go after God, our destiny, and the promises of God. We should be determined that we will make a difference. Note that the apostle was not in the best of places as he writes this epistle. He was in jail, yet he did not resign to fate. He determined to push on 
to the very end. Likewise, we must refuse to be held back. Let me ask you a question. Who has put you in the box? Who has domesticated you? Who is intimidating you? Refuse to stay in the box of human opinions. Paul starts by saying, I have not arrived. He means don't rest on your laurels. All you have is not all there is to have. Where you are is not all there is to be. Of course, celebrate the past and its achievements. Learn from them, but don't rest there. It is his confession of imperfection. He says, not as though I had already attained or have been made perfect. And again, I count not myself to have apprehended. This argues a high estimate of a Christian's duty. There is no inconsistency in the consciousness of hidden imperfection and the thought of a lofty ideal. We must ever keep Christ himself before us as the only ideal to be copied and followed after through life. He argues a humble estimate of himself. It is a remarkable confession from such a man. Paul had done and suffered much for Christ and by my estimation, he is the greatest apostle of all time. Yet he says, I have not been made perfect. Such an experience ought to rebuke the lofty pretensions of perfectionists of every class. This humble estimate of himself, as well as his aspiration for higher achievements, is sure evidence that he had made some progress. Next, he says, forget the past. Put the past behind you. The past pain. The past discouragement, the past hurts, the past betrayals, the past victories, the good, the bad, and everything in between. Listen to me, ladies and gentlemen. Whatever the past has been, he admonishes us to let it go and put it behind us. You can never move forward if you are caught in past glory or defeat. Whatever the past has been, the apostle says, let it go. Present pursuit will require you to move through memories of past failures. You are not your mistakes. God has bigger plans for you. He doesn't see you in that demeaning way. When Jesus said to the disciples, you will do greater things, they weren't measuring up to that one. Peter has been with Jesus for three years and he was still cussing people out. He went back fishing right after Jesus left and had a knife with him the whole time he was working with Jesus. Now, you figure it out. Thomas is working with him in unbelief the whole time. And Jesus looked at all of them and said, you will do greater things. They rose from failure to become men and women who shook the world because they finally saw themselves the way God saw them. Whatever you think is impossible, trust God and he will make it possible. Whatever you think is unforgivable, he will forgive it. It will shock you 
what God will do in your life if you can let go of your past. You are not who people say you are. You are not who you even think you are. You are not who I think you are. You are who God says you are and what he can make you to be. Your inability to receive this word is just that you do not believe in what Jesus can do for you and through you. So like a broken record, you keep looking at your past and keep telling people over and over about how bad life has been to you and that scandalous past. Friend, put it under the blood and move forward to enjoy the greater life Jesus has for you. You have not slept with enough people. You didn't shoot enough drugs. You didn't cheat enough on your taxes. You didn't defraud enough people. You didn't gossip enough for God to change his mind about you and your destiny. So believe that there are good plans ahead of you. Who are you and who you can become in the future? Who are you and who can you become in the future? Listen, you will do greater things and reach greater heights. Jeremiah 29, 11, Bible says, For I know the thoughts that I think towards you. I know the plans I have for you. He says they are plans of good, not of evil, to take you, yes, you, to an expectant end. Don't let the enemy's weapons of guilt, shame, and condemnation hold you back. If you can understand what Jesus did for you at the cross, you will stop talking down on yourself and begin to believe that you can do greater things. Whatever has gone wrong in your life, God is not judging you. It is life and life happens. What I'm saying is, be yourself. God knows who you are. And it doesn't matter what anybody else thinks about you. Forget about the past and press on to the upward calling. The apostle encourages us to do that. The next advice he gives us is that we press forward. That is focus. He says, if you are going to achieve your destiny and purpose, then you have to not only forget about the past, but you have to have some perseverance in you to keep on keeping on. Keep moving forward. We should not compromise on our purpose and destiny. We often allow situations we face to cause us to forget the promises that God has made us. Listen, you may have heard me say this before. Do not forget in the dark what he told you in the light. You will never possess something until the pursuit of going after it overwhelms the passivity of living without it. The apostle said, I press on towards the goal that is set before me. Every one of us has their race to run. A songwriter said, life in this world is a great struggle for both the young and old and even those who have great riches have troubles of their own. Rich men envy poor men, poor men envy the rich. Therefore, what is the sense in envying your neighbor? The second stanza, he says, your talent is as good as mine. Try to develop it and I am sure there is nobody who has not got his own. 
Trouble starts when painters try to be prime ministers when in truth they are sure they are not made for this. Paul said, I press on towards the goal that is set before me, not the one before my neighbor. There is a race set before me. It is my race. My pursuit, therefore, is to finish my race. No wonder at the end of his journey on terra firma, he was able to say to his prodigy in 2 Timothy chapter 4, 6, and 7, he says, For I am already being poured out as a drink offering, and the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. He said, I pursued my race and I finished the race, my race. Pursuit will require you to take a step with nothing. Never ask God to give you something you are unwilling to go after. Ladies and gentlemen, we must show forth the praises of our God by victorious living. There are a few things that kill our passion for pursuit. I call them passion killers. So what kills passion? What is it that just kills the passion in us to want to pursue our destiny and our assignment? First, when we allow precious things to become familiar. Example, our ministry, our marriage, our church, our pres- the presence of God in our lives, the word of God in, in, in our life. When these things become mundane to us, they eventually kill our passion and pursuit. Secondly, when we live for the approval and acceptance of people, this makes us middle-of-the-road leaders. We try hard to make everybody like us. Listen, passion attracts and passion repels. Not everybody will like you. The master puts it this way, Woe to you when all men speak well of you. For so did their fathers to the false prophets. Luke chapter 6 and verse 26. Thirdly, when we live with apathy born out of the optional mentality, You see, so long as you have options and you keep them open, you will commit to nothing and you will give up easily on your destiny and on your purpose and your pursuits. Why? Because you have options. Ladies and gentlemen, although you are not where you want to be, you must realize that you are no longer where you used to be. I will close with a song. It says, there is a race I must run. There are victories to be won. Give me power every hour to be true. Friends, there is a race you must run. There are victories to be won. What we need is for the Lord to give us power every day and the spirit of persistence and perseverance to keep pressing on towards the goal that is set before us. As I wrap up this week, I want to indulge you for a moment. You are listening to me today. If you have not accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, please say this short prayer with me. Dear Lord Jesus, I know that I am a sinner 
and I ask for your forgiveness. I believe you died for my sins and rose from the dead. I turn from my sins and invite you to come into my heart and my life. I want to trust and follow you as my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If you said the prayer, please find a Bible-believing church to attend. If you are in the Twin Cities of Minnesota, come on and join us at 5452 DuPont Avenue North in Brooklyn Center. And God will bless you. Until we meet again, keep on keeping on. I will see you at the top, for that is where you belong. Shalom. Thank you for connecting with us today. For more of this content, be sure to subscribe, share, and comment. Engage with us at Christ Covenant Chapel on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Join us same time next week on our next episode.